Hello and welcome to another episode of Late Night Bitcoin with Q. I'm your host Q. Uh, I'm recording this as there were some technical difficulties, uh, so the recording is going to jump ahead a little bit, and you're going to start this interview with Will Shelkoff uh, as we are discussing his most recent book, Bitcoin Girl, Save the World. Uh, I hope you enjoy. We had a lot of fun catching up, had a lot of laughs, and hope you will too. Thank you. Uh, why don't you join my military eco-resistance? I'm starting an, uh, an environmentally friendly violent uprising to save the environment with my eco gorilla group, join us and you'll build notoriety and fame. And what? <laughs> yeah, what? yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, so, okay. Time out on setting up the podcast. You're either <laughs> fucking with me right now. We can read the description on the Amazon page. It's gonna be. <laughs> you're gonna. You're, this is the creative Bitcoin fiction. You're yeah. just. You're just fucking yeah no no it's great man it's fantastic i've i've uh i've got four reviews on amazon of people saying they like they like my book um so uh yeah it's uh it's so funny but um uh it's great it's great it's fantastic it's great and then uh jen you know destiny uh tells her mom um Okay, mom, uh, I'm going to go join my friend Sebastian at the environmental protest now. I don't know when I'll be home. And she's like, oh, Destiny, I'm just so grateful that you're caring about something other than yourself for once. (laughs) This is is fantastic. Please go outside. (laughs) You need the mic back now. (laughs) This is the story of you. We can can read chapter one on air, dude. That's totally fine. (laughs) Dude, it'll be great. I'm getting absolutely roasted on my own show. It was not. This is not how I was expecting the night to go, but I did not. But, but I will allow it. I will allow it because I need proof of work that this is in fact what the story says. Because otherwise, you're just fucking with me. Because yes, we did have technical difficulties, but we are now officially live with Will Shelkoff, the author of Bitcoin Girl, as well as Real Bitcoin Dog. Um, okay. I, first question. <laughs> totally derailed. No, 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 no. I am legitimately asking this because, uh, you know, fiction authors, uh, they don't write, like nothing is made up. They draw either on experiences they've had. Cues, yeah. Like, uh, have you just been like following me around? Like, how did you? <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to follow, you know, people who play basketball and think they're better than they are. Um, uh, you know, but on the flip side, defend Kobe Bryant, which is important, you know, so no, no worries there. Um, you know, tear their Achilles tendon because they're not 30. They're not 30. I mean, just because they're 30 doesn't mean they can't still be athletes, can't still play ball. So. <laughs> no, let, me be, let me be perfectly clear for those who, who think otherwise. Um, it might be 30, it might be 25, it might be 35 for you, but there will come a point where you cannot play basketball anymore. Whoa. Even Kobe Bryant had to stop. Oh, so sad, so sad. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kobe. Um, uh, yeah, no, um, for sure, for me in particular, trying to think about uh, writing what I know. Um, I was really excited to write a fiction novel about Bitcoin um, for sure, I'm just inspired, of course, uh, by Bitcoin. And for some reason, there's just something about me that 
really enjoys writing creative fiction, you know, even for Mark Goodwin, when it comes to the print Bitcoin magazine, you know, my articles in um, the broke issue and um, the orange party issue. Yeah, I have that here. Um, both, both of them are um, creative fiction pieces. So, and, you know, typically people write uh, actual long form articles, not necessarily just um, fiction pieces, but that's what, that's what motivates me. That's what uh, gets me excited. So um, I was really interested in uh, writing a story. Um, I know there's that concept of what does it mean for the future of the world to be able to stream sats or have programmable money. Um, and of course, uh, my character is cute. You know, we got to read this description out loud so you can stay with me. They go to Bitcoin Beach. They go to El Salvador. <laughs> so it's clearly not me because I still have not made my pilgrimage. Yeah, down. Ni neither of us have made our uh, pilgrimage to um, to Bitcoin Beach. Um, That's okay. But right. uh, yeah. you need to at this point just for I think my sanity. Uh -huh. You need to read at least like a page or two. Well, we could we could. Uh, do you want to read the book description first, or just go straight to chapter one? I'm gonna do. What? Well, no, no, no. Let me let me do the quick. I I don't know if you ever saw on Bitcoin Magazine Live. I would do my dramatic readings okay. of art. I would genuinely like pick a random article and just like give a dramatic reading. So I'm gonna give a dramatic reading of this the book description on Amazon, which, by the way, Will has so graciously decided for all three viewers out there. Yeah, it is on sale. The Kindle price is down 60%. It only costs $4, four cuck bucks. And this can be yours, digitally Kindle speaking. Right. Digitally speaking. Yeah, in US and UK. Yeah, it's a Kindle countdown deal. You only have 33 more hours at this price, and then the price starts going up. So if you haven't had a chance to buy the digital version, you're so in luck to be live with us um, to join it. All right, so now the dramatic reading of... The Bitcoin girl save the world. All graduating high school's senior Destiny wants is revenge against her father. She's willing to achieve it by any means necessary. She desperately wants to prove to her dad that he was a fool for abandoning her before she was born. Despite her efforts to attract followers to her influencer live stream, she's had trouble, trouble building a fan base without getting direct donation su support via Bitcoin. Her only follower, environmentalist Sebastian, recruits her to his arms' eco-resistance by pitching she'll go from a forgettable nobody to a famous somebody. Without hesitation, she jumps into his military Chinook helicopter with both feet. All right. All right. So you weren't fucking with me. <laughs> this, really, this really is just like sadly about me. Does she accidentally kill people? Accidentally? Or intent oh, she intentionally. Okay, got it, got it. So this takes dark turns. We'll see, we'll see. All right, you gotta, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep reading. Okay. Yeah. Now enlisted with Sebastian, Destiny panics. She starts reconsidering if any environmentally friendly, violent uprising is the best reason to be famous. As if there's a good reason to be famous. <laughs> Sebastian insists that the environment is a cause worth dying for and encourages her to adopt the leading role of Capitan. She apprehensively accepts the position, 
but mainly to impress dreamy Sebastian, who has proven very attractive. Even though she has never fired a weapon, she's thrust into commanding the Delta Squad. Hoorah! I apologize if I offended everyone with that hoorah. Uh, There's plenty of hoorah in the book. Okay. So that's very on point. Very on brand. See? See? It really is about me. Destiny built Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador to be a renewable energy Bitcoin mining paradise. All right, Bukele. Though she's finally achieved worldwide fame, the old desire to take revenge against her father is never far from her thoughts. Just as Sebastian is about to confess that her altruism proves her worthy of her father's love, fire breaks out. Destiny orders Delta Squad to pile into her Humvee to investigate. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you for that dramatic reading cue. That was fantastic. So it really is sold sold out on your Kindle. Yeah, (laughs) sold out. All digital copies gone. There were only 21 million digital Kindle copies of Bitcoin Girl Save the World. Um, Yeah, no, uh, let's see. Chapter uh, chapter one was how many pages? One, two, three, four. Five. Oh no, that's hold on. One, two, three. It's only three pages for uh, chapter one. So we could we could totally read chapter one, and you you will just you will be so you will die laughing at just chapter hit, one. Hit me with it. Well, uh, well, well, so we'll take turns each each paragraph. Is that the way to do it? Uh, oh, well, do you want? Okay, yeah. Let's do just like old grade school readings. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Because I know I see your talent, your acting for um, using dramatic voice. That's what'll make it so good. But uh, I know your voice tends to be quieter on the mic, so um, no, I'll, I'll you lean can in. you can hold the mic or or lean in. You know, whisper. So exciting, um, uh, so funny. Okay, you'd think after a few episodes, I'd figure out the technical difficulties. <laughs> but if you've been tuning in, make sure you subscribe down below, and I promise more technical difficulties afoot. And, uh, you know, before we start, I want to make sure I have uh, shout out acknowledgements. Um, if, uh, if my wife is watching, I'd, I'd like to thank my wife for her limitless support and corrections. Even when I say hashtag YOLO, Bitcoin doesn't care. Um, <laughs> my, she must have the patience. <laughs> <saint>. <laughs> she does. Uh, my dog and daughter for inspiration and my editor, Joachim Book. So... Thank you, Joachim, for being my editor. You start. Sure, sure. Okay. Act one, from dusk till dawn. Chapter one, the quiet life. There will be no future if there never was a past. I'm trying and trying, but all I get is pain. Deep in the jungle of the interwebs, I am trying to make my presence known and leave my mark but I can't get noticed. A quiet life is not for me. I don't want to die a nobody. I want to be remembered for all times going out in a blaze of glory. I go to my bedroom mirror and apply my makeup, foundation, blush, curl my blonde hair, blue eyeshadow, lashes to the nines, and of course, that cherry red lipstick. I turn on the bright lights of my vanity and get ready to fire up my webcam. It's time to live stream to my followers. I check myself out one more time in the mirror. Damn, girl, you look good. I always say to myself to boost my confidence. 
But I have to admit, this morning, I do look good. I leave a big red smooch on the mirror as a final good luck kiss. Open up my laptop and get started. Good Saturday morning, followers. It's your girl Destiny here, ready to give you some of that tasty influence. No need to wonder what products to buy. I've got all the answers for you right here. Now, who wants to pay $5 for a super chat to ask me a question on a product to buy? I ask. Sadly, I only got four out of the $5. After paywall gets its cut. If only there were a way for my followers around the world to pay me directly without the need for an intermediary. Ah, a girl can dream. I check for any text replies. Crickets. I look cute in the camera and I twiddle my hair. No super chats come in. Typical. I've been telling the meathead jocks at my high school to watch for weeks now, but they've shown no interest. I'm now desperate since we're about to graduate. Yesterday, I even went over to the environmental hippies in their blue overalls at lunch to ask them to tune in. They have absolutely no fashion sense and looked completely lost. I told them if they were ready to be saved and needed me to lead them to the promised land of good looks and dressing with a purpose to tune in. My computer chimes that someone has logged on. What's this? A follower? <laughs> Hi, Destiny. It's Sebastian, the follower types into the chat. Good morning, Sebastian, I say into the camera. I don't recognize that name. All the environmental hippies look the same to me. No reason to distinguish one from another. Still, I'm excited to have someone to talk to this morning. Thanks for stopping by yesterday at lunch. You've never paid attention to us or our cause before. But we could use your help, Sebastian types. Use my help? What could these environmentalists use my help for? All I've seen them do is chain themselves to the tree in the middle of the quad. Seems like they've got, all, got it all handled for themselves. Still, I'm interested. What are you- Destiny! Mom interrupts. She comes bursting into my room, almost throwing my door off its hinges. Grrr! What is it, Mom? Can't you see I'm trying to promote myself over here? I retort. <laughs> Destiny, it's time for you to get ready for your community service. Remember, it's important to volunteer and give back. Do you want to help in the soup kitchen today or pick up trash at the beach, she asks. Why should I care about cleaning up the beach? It all just goes into the ocean anyways, I reply smarmily. Ding! Sebastian types. Ask your mom if you can help join our environmental protest today. Environmental protest? Ugh, those are so annoying. They close down the main highway and make my Uber ride take twice as long to get to the, to get to the mall. Still, I prefer that to be seen pick than to be seen picking up trash at the beach, wearing plastic gloves instead of tanning in my bikini. Sorry, mom. I've got other plans. I'm going to head to the environmental protest down the street with my classmate, Sebastian. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm just glad you'll be outside actually helping to make the world a better place instead of just putting lipstick on, talking to yourself in front of your computer all day, Mom replies. Mom, you're so embarrassing, I yell. I slam my laptop shut and storm off, ready to meet Sebastian at the protest. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm officially... 
I've taken as many jokes at my expenses as I can for the for one evening. Um, uh, I didn't say this about you, Q. Say- no, but you did. <laughs> um, no, I'm just busting balls. Uh, if you want to read more about what Destiny gets up to, what Sebastian puts her through, whether or not she actually gets into college or even becomes a famous influencer, get your copy of Bitcoin Girl Saves the World. Another do- another book by Real Bitcoin Dog. I mean, you you have essentially cornered the market on Bitcoin fiction. Um, your first article for Bitcoin Magazine was an open letter to your daughter, who at the time of writing she hadn't even been born yet, and it was it was a letter essentially saying like, "Hey, like learn from my mistakes, learn from the things that I didn't comprehend," and. My expectation, quite frankly, is there are many more lessons of wisdom imparted in that book as well as in your other book, Real Bitcoin Dog. Uh, I want to talk about one that really stood out to me, though, in that first letter, which was, you know, your computer science, computer scientist, you were studying computer science at UCLA in 2013. You heard about Bitcoin. Like, I heard about Bitcoin because I tried to sell it, send myself some weed in college and so like that's how i interacted with bitcoin um no bullshit when my friend was like oh yeah you need bitcoin and then you go on silk road and then you order weed and it'll get delivered to you i was like no like i just i wanted to use my freaking debit card like that's how stupid i was like still am but like at the time like i genuinely thought like oh this will be a good idea like i could just you know buy drugs online with the credit card right no oh you need to use <laughs> for no KYC. You're like specifically I'm 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 like listen. 19-year-old Q was a different level of dumb than Q today. But you as well in 2013, like like that level of friction alone, like that was like I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to whatever this bitcoin thing is, it's not for me. You also had not a similar reaction but you know you heard about bitcoin and you you scoffed at it you blew it off that seems to be the general theme with most bitcoiners it's that first interaction talk a little bit though whether it's to the audience or whether if if these are lessons you want to impart onto your daughter of like hey these are the things that when i first heard about it that didn't click and now they it's like a no-brainer. Like the KYC part is a no-brainer to me today. But at 19 years old, I was like, dude, I don't want to deal with this. So like that is my example of like moron back then. This is a no-brainer. And it took a long time for me to understand and figure that out. What was that part of Bitcoin's journey for you? Thank you. It's a great question. And actually, um, if we could pull up um, an article I wrote for Satoshi's Journal. Um, in uh, Satoshi's Journal, I wrote an article called uh, My Bitcoin Story. Um, uh, so I'm very fortunate to have contributed articles to both Bitcoin Magazine and Satoshi's Journal. I encourage um, authors to contribute to um, both. Um, Bitcoin is not a zero-sum game. I think there's room for Uh, everyone um, to succeed. Uh, And in particular, for Satoshi's journal, um, they have a bounty that uh, anyone who submits an article for them, they get 25,000 sats um, payment um, for their first article and then 10,000 sats 
for all future articles. Um, so it's just a it's just a great uh, additional outlet um, in addition to Bitcoin Magazine, and that's the fun is to you know um, what are the kinds of articles that are on Bitcoin Magazine, kinds that are on uh, Satoshi's Journal. Um, I'm just grateful to have uh, all those outlets. That Ulrich's piece um, right there. Um, so, so, yeah, so I'll say uh, Q. Um, uh, so looking at um, my progress here, we'll go to source. Source one is like my uh, first one. Is this displaying to everyone? Yes, or no? This, okay. This is, this cool. Up on there. Okay. Great. On. Great. So, um, in terms, there's so many ways to answer your question, but uh, it's really more about what made me take Bitcoin seriously first. And um, again, like my letter to my daughter uh, is this concept of humbling myself. Like, could I be wrong? Could I be wrong? I mean, there's no way I could be wrong, Q. No way. I mean, you? how? Not yeah, true. me wrong? I mean, come on now. So I'm, I'm right about everything. So I think that's the... Uh, whoever are already, um, you know, a lot of us like to think we're open-minded. A lot of us like to think we're outside-the-box thinkers. But, of course, just to go through every day, you need to have your own filter, like your own gut check, your own red, what are red flags for a scam or something. Uh, as an example, whatever is the one of, you know, Bitcoiners trying to send no-coiners, like their first sats, even that is like, so now am I supposed to send you sats back or something? So, you know, like, is that a scam? Like, you send me sats and then I send it, you know, what's the catch, right? It's like, no, I'm specifically trying to get you started on a lightning wallet. This isn't, this isn't, uh, I send you sats, you send them back. So I can just see it now. You, you help your friend. Hey, man, I'll send you some sats, get started. And then they start getting the DMs. And they're like, oh, yeah, I thought that was a thing in Bitcoin. This person said if I send them one, Bitcoin, they'll send me two. That's how it works, right? Oy. Yeah, no, exactly. So um, so that, that's the concept is, uh, could I be wrong? And so for me, number go up technology, that is what finally broke through for me. Uh, Sailor has that comment, um, everybody buys Bitcoin at the price they deserve. It turned out my price was uh, $62,000. Um, that was the very first time I bought my first uh, sliver of a Bitcoin, of course, uh, not a whole Bitcoin. And that's what started me on my journey to actually learn more, like do research. I was just thinking, um, what am I not getting? Like, what am I not getting? And that's the thing. When when Bitcoin ran up in 2017 to almost 20,000, I was like, this has got to be a scam. And then when it fell to 3,500, um, I felt vindicated. Like, see, this is why I never did this. But I always had that nagging idea in the back of my head of, you know, but why is it not zero? Like it should be zero, you know, I mean, one Bitcoin is still worth more than an ounce of gold at 3,500. And so um, when it when it ran up again, that's what really made me uh, take the time to to look, learn more. So I know um, uh, that's the thing. Uh, one BTC is uh, one BTC, of course. Um, try to just dollar cost average, you know, hashtag not financial advice, but try to try to just dollar cost average in, you know, don't get hung up or emotional on the price. But but it is true, um, as uh, the market overall values uh, Bitcoin more, that's what uh, makes people um, look and um, like really give it a second thought and wonder if, if they're wrong. So shout out uh, to my mom. Hi, mom. Uh, she says, 
uh, I finally got her to admit to a number. For her, it'll be two hundred thousand dollars. One when one Bitcoin is two hundred thousand dollars, so about a ten x from where we are today. That'll be when she's like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't just uh, crypto crap anymore. And I'm like, mom, Bitcoin, not crypto. You know, hey. we'll get her. So, um, there's something in particular that I wanted to like flag in that because. Like I, I'm with you at uh, this idea that like there's certain friends I have where they're like, yeah, when it's worth a million dollars, then I'll, then I'll like start thinking this isn't fucking bullshit. Um, but I think there's a, a little bit of, I'm spacing on the right word, but like we need to take ownership as Bitcoiners to help shift that narrative a little bit because we're now we're on the precipice of, and we've seen Bitcoin's total market cap during the all-time highs surpass a trillion dollars. Which is incredible. Like it, it was at some at a certain point, it was more valuable than Tesla, Facebook, yeah. like pretty much every company except for Saudi Aramco and Apple, and like I think like four or five others. Yeah. Like it was in the top 10 as far as market cap goes. And I think it's really important for us who are really entrenched in Bitcoin to not only like have these conversations and, you know, if your mom is saying like at 200K, like then I'll start to shift my mentality. But it also, I think we have to do a little bit more of the right, but at 200K, that gives us a, let's just make the numbers really easy for ourselves, $4 trillion market cap. So that's two apples. Two hundred thousand. That's the four trillion. Yep. So, you're we're kind of like like I kind of look at a few things just not to go down this rabbit hole with you, but like make make fun of me if if you want or if you dare, I should say. Um, like I believe that technical analysis is alive and well and still works in Bitcoin. I believe in like traditional candlestick investing and like there are certain principles like, you know, the round numbers are just psychological hurdles. I think we're going to have a harder time getting over 100K than we will to get over 200K. But I think once you get over 100K Bitcoin, you go very quickly to that 200K because you also then are at a point where, okay, you've now passed the $2 trillion market cap. So you've actually surpassed the market cap theoretically of Apple. And in turn, like you sort of leave this runway from the most valuable New York stock exchange company based solely on total market cap to now the next thing up for Bitcoin to absorb the value off of is gold. And that market cap sits at over 25 trillion. So you sort of have a very wide runway from the 2 trillion, i.e. 100K all the way to about, I think it was 25 trillion last I checked. We're just going to call 25 trillion, but correct us in the chat or in the comments. Tell me how stupid I am in the comments. I always read every single comment. It breaks my heart and I cut myself each time. So, um, but I think that runway, like I'm going to say it like this and like either I'm going to be really wrong and I hope you troll me and make fun of me or we'll be really right. And we'll both be able to say to mama Shelkoff, like, Hey, we told you back at 20 K but I really think it goes from 100K to a 20X very quickly from there. And you're looking at 100K to possibly a million dollar Bitcoin very quickly. So hopefully Mama Shelkoff doesn't miss the boat. <laughs> now, uh, I look forward to uh, Bitcoin being declared dead when it 
drop 60% from 500,000 to 200,000. Like, oh, Bitcoin's dead. We've fallen from 500K to 200K. It's all over. That's it. You know, time time to go home. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's the cliche, but I think it's really true. Um, come, come for the number go up, stay for the monetary revolution. Um, that's like uh, what we have behind us on the wall, the Declaration of Monetary Independence. Um, I never even considered this idea before Bitcoin about uh, separating money from state, that it's, it's not necessarily the case that um, the government has to issue the currency. I mean, if you really pause to think about it, like, how come when I go to Japan, I need to use Japanese yen? Like, how come when I go there and I present my $100 bill, it's just trash to them? It's, it's worthless. It has no value. And of course, that's not true. I'm sure, uh, you know, someone would be willing to take it and pay whatever fees to convert it. But it really is the case that, you know, most people in businesses, that, that's not what they're accepting. It's like as if it has no value or even um, the euro in, in Europe. So uh, to think uh, that it doesn't necessarily need to be that way, that um, we can have like a Bitcoin currency. Um, and then more than that, just emphasizing that it's it's not necessarily a bad thing for uh, hyper-Bitcoinization to happen. Like this is uh, a good thing. This is a concept of oh, when we have a hard money, when we have a useful tool like this, something that everybody can use and agree to as a standard around the world, I mean, that ultimately uh, elevates all people. That's what unlocks that potential. When when the internet was created and gave this level playing field of access to everyone around the world to the internet, that was a good thing. That wasn't a, oh, I want to invent the internet and only have it in, in America or only in one jurisdiction. Like, no, that's it's this thing that benefits um, humanity overall. But um, getting to what you're saying, Q, of how we really have a responsibility to help um, orange pill people, um, that's where uh, I just helped Austin Herbert um, write his article. Um, he wrote the, sorry, I just helped, helped with editing it. He wrote the article, um, how to orange pill and orange pillar and how to, how to be better at it. Um, but for my own personal Bitcoin story, you know, going back to my friend, uh, you know, he because I had a friend who had Bitcoin and I roasted him. I just I just trashed him so hard. I made fun of him so badly. I talk about it in my um, in my Bitcoin story piece. But uh, I had to call him apologizing later. And of course, yeah, I did. And, and of course, now I've taken Bitcoin like way beyond anybody I know. Now I'm just the bitcoin expert without a doubt like oh gosh he was you know he was just telling me to buy it he wasn't telling me to go absolutely overboard bitcoin maxi and all that stuff like what is what is this now uh we start publishing books about bitcoin like he was just saying i should maybe invest a hundred dollars in it um so anyway uh but he asked me you know was there anything he could have told me that would have convinced me and uh, and I said, no, probably not. I mean, I had to get over my own uh, hubris or something, you know, my own um, ego to say, oh, could I actually be wrong about this? You know, does this warrant a second look? And that's where I learned. So the only thing I would say, Q, that's unique about my journey is um, the educational materials, you know, just to summarize, the education materials are so good on uh, Bitcoin magazine and uh, other outlets 
um, that it was the case that I never bought an altcoin. I was able to learn about Bitcoin, learn about how all the altcoins are so much better than Bitcoin, and then come back to how, no, no, Bitcoin's the only one. All the other altcoins aren't actually doing anything useful. And I was able to do all that without ever having to make like a painful like investment into altcoins. So it is the case. I am standing on the shoulders of giants of other Bitcoiners, the educational podcasts, um, the educational articles, the books. They, it did give me enough to learn so that by the time I started um, not necessarily investing, but saving in Bitcoin, um, I was able to do that without the altcoins. And hey, for those who did dabble in altcoins, you know, I'm not judging you or anything um, a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. But, but uh, you know, everyone, everyone has their own journey, their own path. Um, uh, what did you say? McShane is the one who thinks equities are a altcoin or something yeah. yeah right he would he would trash you so i'm not that extreme so that equities are altcoin but um uh yeah so my letter to my daughter that's where i just have so much hope for the future um to say that no longer is it that fiat rat race of oh you've you've got to beat this um inflation rate or even you were talking about on your last episode i think with chris about um, having to put money in a bank account to earn interest because it's this melting ice cube, as Sailor says, of losing value. Like, you know, no, it shouldn't have to be that way. Um, finally, having a hard money that works like Bitcoin, uh, it really gives her potential. If, she, if, if my daughter, if she wants to, you know, work really hard and earn a really high Bitcoin salary, she can. But more importantly, she can at least save. So if she wants to do a different career that's not necessarily as rewarding in Bitcoin, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for you a little bit, but what's the long term of Bitcoin, hyper Bitcoinization, real estate prices maybe go down because they're only worth as much as the building is actually worth. They're not uh, monetized as an investment asset to preserve wealth um, because Bitcoin is the asset that preserves preserves wealth. Uh oh, I'm getting you to tilt your head. You know, it's gonna real estate will always be an investment, but that's that concept. So yeah. So I, I will challenge what you're saying slightly in that I don't believe real estate will forever be this investment vehicle, but the only way it will shift from that, it won't be because Bitcoin has become the monetary standard. It will shift from that because technology has finally created deflation within the real estate industry. Where is the price of real estate derived from right now? Um, well, the location ultimately. Yep. So, well, hold on. It's it's location, location, and location. There you go. Fair, <laughs> fair. So, I would define the location specifically to be if you actually own the land that your house is on. So that's half of the component. Then the other half, as you mentioned, is the actual building structure itself. So we're seeing it right now. Three D printing is starting to grow within the real estate and construction industry. And once that I think has normalized, that will cause deflation in just the price of homes. But we have not yet figured out how to fully maximize technology to make uninhabitable land. There's so much land all throughout America that we're not really using. There's plenty of it that's farmland, plenty more that needs to become farmland. But you drive from here to Vegas yeah. and there's plenty of empty lots. Like, right, yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is I think 
And it could be a multitude of things. Like Palm Springs is the perfect example of a city in the middle of a desert that has no reason to exist, but they figured out a way to get it up and running, bring in the water, have an energy source. And you will see, I think, more experiments like that. And once, maybe this is just a fucking pipe dream, roast me all you want if you think I'm a crazy person for saying it. But I think also like once expedited public transportation. So like that bullet train that we've always been promised that's supposed to take us from San Diego to San Francisco. I hear they end it and then they like bring up another version of it. So at this point, I'm fully convinced that some billionaire or maybe a future trillionaire tycoon will just be like, no, I want to be able to live here, show up to my office in New York and show up to my office in LA in the same day. And I genuinely think that maybe we don't see it, but at some point in the future, I'm hopeful that we can have technology develop well enough to offer us that and then just watch as the price of real estate truly plummets because you have families that are hoarding real estate as an investment asset and they have six homes are only occupying two of them. And then it's like we are dealing with a homeless crisis that our our generation has never seen before. Like, don't go to downtown LA. If you're visiting LA, do not go to downtown LA. Um, so I this is a very long-winded way of saying, yes, I do believe Bitcoin will absorb the value of real estate, but I think technology needs to do a little bit more work than just Bitcoin becoming valuable. Uh, hey, yeah, no, exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say necessarily it's it's all or nothing, or it, or it needs to be one thing in particular. It could be uh, multiple factors. Um, yeah, and then so we were talking about how uh, naturally I seem interested in writing uh, fiction, um, and then oh, the, we got really sidetracked. That's okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is interesting how um, like I'm really interested also in you know. I just have a daughter so far. I'm planning to have more kids. I'm like nervous as I have more kids. Is it just like, wow, like dad, like you wrote so many articles or things about, you know, our, your first child. You know, do we get any love? How come there's no articles about us? It's just just coincidence. But anyway, so I wrote another. Yeah. So, <laughs> so love you kids. Um, watching late night with Q. Um, so uh, I, no, I wrote another article for uh, Satoshi's journal called daddy where's my piggy bank um just thinking about uh the first time i got a bank account um i was a teenager i was 13 year old you know again like you know i'm I'm very grateful for my mom to you know help me with learning finances and stuff you know i don't i don't even think the bank is there anymore but it was some it was some local bank that allowed teenagers to open a bank account so maybe modern banks still do that i'm not sure uh, and, you know, she wanted to teach the value of saving and stuff. Uh, you know, Bitcoin wasn't invented yet. So she was telling me to save in fiat. It was the best you could do at the time. So, but but I, I just think about that concept, that idea um, for my own daughter when she's 13. I mean, she's not opening a bank account. <laughs> like, we did our jobs wrong if our kids opened bank accounts. Right, yeah. Like, like she's not opening a bank account. Like, she, I'm not taking her to some local bank branch to open a bank account or uh i mean already cash like doesn't exist or barely exists or especially in la there's more and more restaurants that actually say no i don't want your cash like we're cashless we don't 
we don't take cash, which is incredulous to me. Like, wow, you're just straight up eliminating a form of payment. Like my money's no, no good here. You, you refuse, you've seen it or no, the a place yeah. that don't take cash. Yeah. That only takes cash or won't take cash? Won't take cash. I'm talking about places yeah. refuse to take cash. Yeah. Literally last night, I went to dinner with my girlfriend. Yeah. And they were, dinner last night, they were like, hey, we're credit card only. Is that a problem? I was like, I guess not because I have a credit card, but I also have cash. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, and then even, um, you know, if you go to Santa Monica or something, uh, you, you got to pay for parking. Um, you, you can't, not only can you not pay with cash, um, the meters there, you can't even swipe a credit card either. It's just a QR code for a park mobile app, or I'm, I'm not, I'm not endorsing that app, but it's just a QR code. Like you have to use your, they assume when you park your car, you have a smartphone and you're scanning a QR code and then, and then you, and then you pay with your credit card, but there's no, it's not like an old school parking meter where you put coins in. It's not like a parking meter where you swipe a credit card. It's outright. This is a QR code. And I'm like, this is Bitcoin right here. Just paying a lightning invoice, scanning a QR code. So yeah, it just makes me think for the future, you know, she's she's not even gonna, she's, there's not gonna be cash to teach her about um, money that way. And um, yeah, why, why would I even open a bank account for her? It's just gonna be a Bitcoin wallet. So we've established, you know, I, I would agree with the sentiment that like my kids aren't going to have bank accounts, not in the traditional sense, at least. Um, what are other things that you were brought up or we were brought up and raised thought were necessary or things that we did that, especially because of Bitcoin, we see the fallacy in that and they will not be things that we pass along to our children. Can you think of any other examples off the top of your head? to put you on the spot <laughs> well i mean that's really getting into the concept of um uh bitcoin culture um so um i'm very grateful to just think about bitcoin as a money and as an asset as a tool um and if i was going to talk about any one thing about uh bitcoin as a culture that i think is a really good lesson is that concept of proof of work um what does it really mean uh, in the technical sense? Um, because I love the technical sense of Bitcoin. Um, there is no person coordinating the Bitcoin blockchain. There is no central person uh, saying, hey, I'm deciding it's slush pool's turn to have mine to block. It's FT, F2 pool's turn. Um, this solo miner has been trying since 2017. I think it's finally their turn to have a block. No, there's there's nothing like that. There's no coordination of a fair issuance of um, whatever mining pool to get the block. It's every single block is rewarded um, by a proof of work. So every miner is hashing, um, trying to find a, a hash value for their candidate block that's below the target that all the nodes agree um, by their own calculation, this is the target. Does this hash of this block have enough leading zeros? Um, that's the proof of the work. I know that you've done enough hashes to find a hash with this many leading zeros. It's this rare, uh, and it could only have been found because you were um, trying trying this hard. So um, that's a really cool, interesting concept for life because. Uh, it's definitely true. It's still the case. Um, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I mean, I still advocate networking. I still advocate building social relationships. Um, but 
relationships are work. Like that's work in itself. Are you actually taking the time? I mean, even Q, you know, coming here, it would have been really easy for us to just record this podcast remotely Zoom. But probably would have been <laughs> probably would have been less technical. It would have been simpler to record a podcast if we were doing it over a internet connection from my house and your mom's basement instead of in person. Somehow that was harder. Um, but I mean, we're still just sharing a microphone. But at this yeah. point, we're we're almost at yeah. the hour. So, but yeah, when I when I say uh, proof of work, um, there is there is some Bitcoiners take it to say, oh, you don't need a fancy bachelor's degree from a from a university. Uh, what matters is that you have like the actual skills. You know, my opinion, I I think I'm very proud of my. Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. I know for sure I took courses um, that were more difficult um, because I was in a university than I might have had the self-discipline to take if I was on my own. That's my own personal style. It's not other people, you know, they, they might have been really willing to take uh, hard cryptography classes on their own. But you know they're not they're not all equal, and so having a degree program with that structure to say you are going to take this operating systems course and learn how operating systems work, um, you know I I appreciated that I valued that, and so the proof of work taking that concept further, it's not because I have a piece of paper from UCLA that says I have this bachelor's. It's what did I actually learn in the classes, and um, you know am I able to apply those skills? So that's my very first book. Uh, the Bitcoin dog following the scent to the Bitcoin C++ source code. Um, I took this concept of Bitcoin, tying it all the way back to my Bitcoin story. Q, I was so excited to learn about Bitcoin. I felt like I had read everything about Bitcoin. I felt like I had listened to every Bitcoin Audible episode that could possibly exist. Like, you know, Nakamoto Institute. I did it. I read it all. Q, I was like so depressed. I was out of things to read about Bitcoin. What? There's got to be something more about Bitcoin I can read. What have I not read? And that's when it dawned on me like, well, isn't Bitcoin open source? Like, isn't the C++ code like available for anyone to read or audit? So yeah, as a software engineer, I'm like, let me just read the code. And again, UCLA, I, I learned C++ there. So if I I did it on my own. I don't know if I would have learned C++. It's not a, a user-friendly language, but um, I was able to read the code and I was able to actually, I was determined where in the code does it say the limit 21 million? And that was incredible to just see it's it's not there. It's not in the code. It's actually a very simple little math formula. Um, and then reading the code, I saw other little snippets of things that people don't normally talk about, which is um, uh, when the difficulty adjusts, it... Um, either gets at most four times harder or at most four times easier um, every difficulty adjustment period. It's just a minor thing. I don't know if we'll ever hit that limit, but that was cool to see from actually reading the code and just seeing the elegance of the design of the C++ code. It's not a divide by two thing for a halvening. It's a binary number. They just uh, shift the binary number one digit, you know, the shift register is like, I was just, wow, this is really elegant um, code. This is very exciting. Uh, so that that's, proof of work, that concept in itself of, hey, um, I can actually go read the code for myself and then uh, write this book ultimately for me, for fun, having a chance to explain the C++ code. Uh, and then a lot of people have um, 
really really enjoyed at least the story part i have had uh, some people read the code too which is which is nice so you know it's just, that's what happens though people tend to just like the story and that's okay you know so it's not it's not for it's not for everybody but um yeah i'm really excited about that bitcoin culture aspect of what does proof of work uh really mean um to you it's different for everyone shout out to uh, btc delica who does proof of work through quartz mining um, I'll, I don't know if he'll hear this or not, but I'll do give him a quick shout out. So, so I want to make sure we we take some time to acknowledge and discuss the Declaration of Bitcoin Independence, and I want to shout out the authors of that: Mark Mariah, um, Mike Hobart. I was spacing on Hobart's first name. The Mike Hobart. And I want to also quickly shout out my co-host on the Bitcoin Ballers podcast and tomorrow's guest on Late Night Bitcoin with Q, uh, Ulrich. These three have concocted what should, I think, be the at least next step for financial independence. Um, if you attended the Bitcoin conference in 2022, there was a giant version of this the first draft in the main hallway what as you walked in before you got into the exhibitor hall everyone was able to go and sign it it was an incredible incredible experience and if you have not yet you absolutely should take the time to go on the website i'm gonna should we share this yeah yeah let's share it and uh mark mark mariah uh, let me purchase uh this print copy from him uh only if i had a meeting of the minds with him where I valued not only uh, Bitcoin, the asset, but also Bitcoin, the network. Uh, Mark and I have since started a Telegram group for like-minded individuals who believe in valuing not only Bitcoin, the asset, but Bitcoin, the network. Anyway. But on, like on that note too, I think your conversation with Mark on your show, Real Bitcoin Dog, it was a very interesting conversation. Just, you know, ultimately if you actually understand the opportunities that Bitcoin provides you, it's so vastly undervalued as far as its current today's dollar value for a Bitcoin. It's so immensely undervalued, but I'm not here for the bull porn. I'm here, I'm here to talk the Bitcoin side of things. So I picked out a couple of my favorite. I don't know if you have one or two that stand out to you. You first, yeah. So honestly, it's the first three lines for me. Central banks have abused their privilege of printing money. Each monetary unit printed debases the existing monetary supply. And the printing of these units is a form of, of theft or hidden tax, i.e. inflation is taxation. Um, Look, they go on and on in such great detail as to not only why our current system is broken, it has failed us, and why it should be reinvented with Bitcoin, but they tie in so many incredible lessons from history, as well as just what Bitcoin has promised and has accomplished to further cement why it makes sense. Um, and then if you scroll down, Q, um, uh, number 27 of the second part, the one that does it for me, uh, 27, this monetary network utilizes unforgeable costliness to reach global consensus without relying on a central authority. Um, and 
putting it into practice. Again, my editor, Joachim Book, uh, he lives in Iceland, um, which means his English is way better than mine. <laughs> and um, I was just so grateful. You know, again, we we're talking about how the internet, you know, makes things better, not not worse. Um, he was able to edit my book and uh, accept payment in Bitcoin, which was incredible. There was no uh, wire transfer fees. There was no uh, intermediary to like, you know, justify I'm authorizing this transaction. There was absolutely no risk of wire fraud uh, whatsoever. Um, he was able to create a brand new Bitcoin address um, for me to send my sats to. And um, he was able to get true peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, no KYC Bitcoin um, from me uh, in Satoshi's, you know, original white paper, peer-to-peer uh, -peer electronic cash. Um, there was nothing anyone could do to interrupt that transaction or censor that transaction. Uh, Yuakim did the work to edit my book, um, Bitcoin Girl Save the World, and I was able to send him value for that proof of work. You got to just love how Bitcoin, like there's no intermediaries. He, Joaquin becomes his own bank as a result of that. The proof of work was in the work that he did for you. You read chapter one, no, uh, no typos. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Um, shame for the typos. <laughs> shame for me because it was just my fucking life story. But I digress. Um well, we are coming up on that time of the evening, which is also known as my bedtime, before my mom starts screaming and saying that it's time for bed. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but in all seriousness, I did. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I actually joined. Um, I want to leave you with any thoughts there. Honestly, I don't even think we covered half of the things that we talked about covering or discussing. You know what? If if you'll, unless you're pressed for time, because I know you have a wife and a child to get back to, if you'll entertain me for maybe 15 more minutes. Oh, I know 15 more minutes becomes a, a whole nother hour, but uh, no. I, don't know I know 15 minutes becomes a whole nother hour, but uh, yeah, let's, let's say one or two things. Uh, We'll see who's in the chat. Have we have we checked the chat to see what people are saying? I'm curious if uh, my wife has said it's time for me to go home or not. So she's not. Oh, okay. Well, she's then not. here you go. Then we're then we're good. We're good <laughs> yes. to keep going. I mean, I sent her the link. She was like, "You, I know, I don't need to ask you to send me the link because I know you're gonna just send it to me anyway." So, uh, love you, love you. Uh, I, I will not kidnap your husband for too much longer. I promise. I will send him home safely just momentarily. I do want to touch on one more article you wrote. I feel like it's appropriate. Let's just bookend them. I talked a little bit with you about the first article you ever wrote for Bitcoin Magazine. I want to talk now about the most recent article that you wrote for Bitcoin Magazine, which is available in the Broke issue. And again, in your style, it was a fictional story about a future where Bitcoin becomes so immensely successful that someone is held captive in jail because they are a Bitcoin holder, a known Bitcoin holder. And I want to just talk about, you know, this idea or this conversation around, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners take their privacy very seriously. Um, and it's, some of them fear the exact scenario in which you discuss here, 
where Bitcoin becomes so immensely successful with those who ignored the warning signs and ignored sort of the pleas of, hey, you need to do this for your own sake because when the dollar fails, you are going to be so screwed that you're not going to know what to do, but at least this is that life raft. And they lock someone up in your story. Why don't you share a little bit of what inspired you to write this piece and where you your head was at in writing and creating the story? Q, you got to think of the listeners. Um, where, are, where are they right now? Are they somewhere on this thing? Does it say it? Oh, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure the listeners uh, really loved uh, the dramatic reading of chapter one of my book. This article is only one page, so um, I think you'd be doing a disservice to the fans to not to not read read aloud in a dramatic sense. This article, we can't just talk about it without reading it out loud. So you can read it from the magazine or from the computer. But I, I will. Yeah. I'm going to quickly shout out. And we can take turns each paragraph if you want. But... Uh, let's go eat. We'll go paragraph to paragraph. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to start. Shout out. I don't know how you didn't see this coming. I honestly, <laughs> I should have I known better. After, <laughs> after introducing the dramatic readings, but I, I do, before we start, need to shout out P and Chris, who are rolling over in their graves at the thought of me doing two dramatic readings in one episode. Uh, the Prisoner's Keys by Will Shelcock. Prisoner's Log, Day 21. As I use what's left of my fingernail to scratch out another hash mark to count the days of my imprisonment, I reflect on how I got here. I look up at the paltry lines that tally up my incarceration and can't help but chuckle weakly to myself about the irony. 21 days ago, I was all about proof of work. Yet here I am, contemplating my proof of captivity. Love it. Love that line. Okay. I'll steal the mic. I should have been more greedy. I should have been more self-serving, spending my Bitcoin everywhere I could instead of holding on to it for dear life. Maybe then, if I spread more Bitcoin education and put more Bitcoin in people's pockets, they wouldn't have risen up so violently. When the governments fell and the institutions collapsed, there was no police to protect us, no neighbors in arms, no one to enforce the property rights. But the ugliest of all were the friends and family members who turned on us, the Bitcoiners. We tried desperately to bring those closest to us along for the ride, to join the Bitcoin revolution, but they refused to believe. Well, they joined the revolution now, rounding up everyone they could find who was willing to admit they had Bitcoin. So here I sit in my makeshift prison cell. With no practical alternative to fiat currency, Bitcoin is alive and well. It is the de facto reserve currency of the world. Smack! Sorry, cricket. Tonight you will be my dinner. Holding my cricket up to the moonlight, through my window, I give a toast. Congrats, Bitcoiners. We did it. I survived the $5 wrench attack, but at what cost? Holding my Bitcoin in a multi-sig vault, 
I surrendered it to my attackers, the Bitcoin in a single seed phrase walled address, which at least bought me my life. Am I thankful to still be alive as I sit in the squalor of my feces and urine? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> the vast fortune of my Bitcoin remains in my multi-sig vault, but I genuinely don't know the seed phrase for the other key offhand. My captors have come to term with this. We've reached an impasse, a prisoner's dilemma. If I cooperate and they bring me in my ball and chain to the indescribable spot on God's green earth. Jesus, that was a, a word I did not expect to have trouble with. Uh, indescribable spot on God's green earth where I buried the second key to my multi-sig vault. I will end up just like them, the masses. I will have no Satoshis, no home, no family or friends, and no means to protect myself. I will need protection, not from the state, because it collapsed, but from violent anarchists, plebeians, sprung from the Bitcoin revolution. I will remain a prisoner of my fear. But if I stand my ground, I am sovereign over my Bitcoin. My financial freedom is cryptographically secure. While I cannot leave this prison, my mind is free. And I will have made my mark on the Bitcoin time chain for eternity. I will sleep with peace, knowing I'm dying with everything I fought for. As I look out the cell window, the dumpster fires, the burning buildings, the roar of chaos, I am inspired by Francis Scott Key. No, no, Q, I insist. I, insist. I will sing this. <laughs> uh, really quickly before I start, I apologize if you are listening on headphones. This is going to suck. <laughs> Not the words, just my melody. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleamings, whose transactions and blocks through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly appending and the miners hashing the difficulty adjusting gave proof through the night that bitcoin was still there oh say does that decentralized blockchain yet grow oh the land of the free and the home of the sovereign, sovereign. Woo! yeah cute voice of an angel oh, I was so mad that you swooped that <laughs> paragraph before <laughs> i was like sick well i get to sing this i don't have to sing it no it's great it's great <laughs> was that you singing at the super bowl i mean that was amazing that no, was incredible if you, if you actually 
the last time I sung the national anthem in public, I was molested. So how many times? One time, and then they would ask me to never again. Um, when Fergie did it for the NBA All Star Game two years ago, I actually was singing it. Fergie was just just lip singing oh, that okay. time. Okay. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. My humps. <laughs> um, so. What inspired you to write that? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, hi, mom. Still here. Still up late at night um, with Q. Uh, she inspired me because you know, again, going trying trying to make the podcast continue to go full circle. Um, she said, uh, "When Bitcoin is two hundred thousand dollars, that's when she would, uh, you know, finally admit uh, that maybe I was." right after all about this Bitcoin thing. I wasn't crazy, but she said, uh, honestly, Will, if Bitcoin ever hit 200,000, I would be afraid for what happened to the rest of the world. Like what what circumstances, what conditions has the world fallen to for you know Bitcoin to be $200,000 to be $4 trillion market cap? So, you know, what's where are we headed? What's the direction we're going in that the world is realizing, oh, Bitcoin actually ought to have that value. So um, so it is It is the case that um, she inspired me. And so that's where, uh, again, um, thinking of that concept, the sovereign individual, uh, that was the inspiration for the broke issue. You know, this hodler's mindset, this concept of you know, as long as I buy my Bitcoin and I hodl through all the ups and downs, uh, I know, you know, I'm set for the future or my family's set. I mean, there's going to be a lot of upheaval um, looking back at history uh, and the Industrial Revolution. You know, when we went from an agrarian society where most people had to be farmers. I mean, thank goodness. Thank goodness we had the Industrial Revolution. Thank goodness we had all that technology come. But um I mean, my history is not that good, but from what I understand, like there were riots in the inner cities and urban cities, you know, all these people were being displaced. They were losing their jobs. Um, the social society, social classes were not able to keep up with the pace of technology. Um, and it was really difficult. So of course we know in the long term. um, uh, as the outcome of the industrial revolution, just new new jobs appear. I mean, hey, for me, uh, my degree, computer science, I mean, it didn't even exist before the 1950s or something, right? So it's amazing to think I've, I've um, you know, pursuing, studying a field that was, wasn't even around, you know, before. So that's, that's where in the long, in the long term it happens, but it's all about Oh gosh, am I going to use Jerome Powell's terms? You know, it's all about a soft landing. Oh, so how do you? <laughs> you did not. <laughs> or, yeah, no. He... Right, that's the episode. Yeah, that's the know. episode. Yeah, but I, I know you kept talking about Papa Gensler in the last oh, one. So funny. Gensler. Yeah, but so that name is going to stick. I'm going to call it to his face. I will one day meet Gary Gensler, and with a straight face, I will look the man in the eye and say, "What's up, Papa Gensler?" Mark my words. Um, but yeah, so that is that is the concept of uh, uh, it's not about necessarily selling your Bitcoin for fiat. You know, I'm not I'm not advocating that, but but uh, spending your Bitcoin on goods and services. You know, that was a decision point. You know, even again, my edit editor, Joachim book, you know, uh, 
to pay him in Bitcoin. Like, wow, am I really going to part with some of my precious sats? You know, it's not it's not so easy to acquire, especially if you're acquiring your Bitcoin no KYC. Like that is more difficult. Um, but uh, you know, rather than just hodl, like, are we, you know, working toward a, a hyper Bitcoinized future? Are we working toward a circular economy? Um, that article I wrote for uh, Bitcoin Magazine for the print issue, um, I did get uh, compensated by Bitcoin Magazine for my article, which is um, very uh, excited about. You know, thrilled to have that. Um, I encourage anyone to contribute online. Um, uh, but to have the privilege to contribute in print, um, I'm I'm very grateful. Um, but I had the option to accept uh, payment in Bitcoin, um, you know, through Bitwage. Bitwage was the um, provider. So um, that was that was a, a special thing to be like, OK, you know, rather than accept my payment in fiat, let me accept it uh, in, in Bitcoin. So um, these are these are the steps. These are the concepts of um, uh, taking payment or taking salary in Bitcoin, spending your Bitcoin on goods and services, um, encouraging your family and friends to um, when, when it's time to go and split paying for a meal, you know, instead of all of us, uh, Zelle or Venmo each other, like, Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's use Bitcoin instead. Let's use some, uh, lightning sats. Um, let's, let's get people adopted. And like you say, Q it's, um, because we care about our family and friends, you know, we want them to be succeed. We don't want them left behind as, as they say, we don't want them to, uh, not going to make it, um, but uh, I think we all going to make it, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin really uh, is going to be a good, a good thing for the world. Um, and uh, it's, it is, it is the case that I hope that dystopian future I wrote um, doesn't come to fruition. Um, but uh, it's, you know, if anything, I hope um, like a fun uh, warning, uh, like you say, for all Bitcoiners to, uh, do their part um, rather than be smug or cocky of haha I figured out Bitcoin before everybody else I'm I'm so much better than everybody else um, you know stack sats stay humble um, try to um, educate people willing to learn you know not necessarily being pushy you know shove it shove down people's throats I don't know if that works well um, but um, just uh, being there to answer questions when they come and they will come, you know, hashtag not financial advice, they will come in the next having for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just being ready with all those resources. I love that Mama Shelkoff had the wisdom of Brad Pitt from The Big Short yeah. of like, why are you celebrating? Like if this is as successful as you think it is, like global recession, yeah. Some shit went really wrong for us to be that successful. So honestly, she's not wrong. Um, I'm a man of my word. It's been 15 minutes. I'm gonna give it to you for the final word. Hand off. Let people know where to find you. Stay up to date with everything you have cooking. And of course, I'm telling you this right now because again, we did not even cover half the things we wanted to talk about. You got to come back on. You're, you're gonna have to come back over. We'll we'll be more organized this time when we do it. But you're coming back. I'm not taking no for an answer. Uh, I mean, you know, twist my arm, come to talk about Bitcoin again. So, so rough, so, so difficult. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RealBitcoinDog, uh, much easier than spelling my name. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to my email newsletter at my website, RealBitcoinDog.com, um, where I have links 
uh, to all of my articles I've written for Citadel 21, Satoshi's Journal, Bitcoin Magazine, uh, as well as um, to purchase either of my books, um, Bitcoin Girl Save the World or The Bitcoin Dog Following the Scent to the Bitcoin C++ Source Code. Uh, live, uh, when we kicked off this podcast, I started a Kindle countdown deal for 60% off of my book, Bitcoin Girl. Um, and the thing that I say on my podcast queue, uh, if you ever want to come onto my podcast sometime, is uh, not only is it not too late to get started in Bitcoin, in fact, it's so early. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this evening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Late Night Bitcoin with Q. We will be back tomorrow.